Welcome to Global Outpouring. I'm Philip Buss. And I'm Sharon Buss. Today on our podcast, we have two guests, Tabitha Peter and Quintessa Lawrence, and we're going to talk about the glorious goodness of our Father. This is part one of a two-part series. We have a very special podcast for you today. We have two guests, and these gals uh, have been with us for a number of years as members of our organization. And Tabby is on staff at the moment. Quintessa was with us for how long? Five years. Five years. And how did you wind up coming to be with us? Well, I came to the youth retreat in 2012, and the Lord just ministered to me in a powerful way. And so I was bitten by the bug. And, and <laughs> It's I God's bug. It's it God's is God's, God's bug. bug. <laughs> and so I, I came to the convention after that and, an, and another youth retreat, and then the Lord just moved on my heart to want to come here, but I didn't tell anybody. And then all of a sudden I got a call from Miss Betty. Mm -hmm. And so then I knew it was God because it was a desire in my heart that I had not expressed. And there you, and there you came. And what did you, what did you know when you got here? Like the things that you wound up doing, how many of those things did you already know when you got here? (laughs) I knew how to answer the phone. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. (laughs) How to work it was a different was a, a yeah, new it, thing that I had to learn. Had but, to learn. Okay. But uh, I basically knew nothing. And what did you learn? I mean, did you oh, learn a few things? Man, yes. Editing and proofreading and and how to do different various things on, yeah. on the computer. and That you had no experience with before. None whatsoever. Yeah. You know, God gives you the grace to do the things that he has for you to do. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that about both of you have just stepped up and said, okay, I don't, I don't know how to do that, but I'm, I'm willing to learn. <laughs> and, you know, that's, that's what happened to me when I first came here, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was 19 years old when I first came here. And um, the, the gal that was giving me jobs to do, she, she, she gave me a job. I said, I don't know how to do that. And she said, you're an end-time handmaiden. You can do anything. And I believed her. <laughs> and so I've never shied away from doing anything either. You know, okay, so we have a challenge here. I have this understanding that that God is giving us all kinds of challenges for the purpose of making us overcomers. Mm-hmm. If we have nothing to overcome, we'll never be an overcomer. That's right. It's kind yeah. of like a, like a, a, a hurdles race runner. You you run the race and you run the race and you'd have to do, jump over these things and once in a while you knock one down but you got to keep going <laughs> and and that's what that's what the Christian life is really all about from my perspective mm-hmm. that we have this treasure in earthen vessels and God doesn't expect us to get everything perfect the first time we try to do something you know practice makes perfect and and it, Christian life is the same way yeah. We have things we have to overcome. So, Tabby, you were talking earlier about uh, something that was stirring in your heart, and I'd like to give you the floor to just introduce what that thought is, and, and let's talk about it. 
So my thought was when Moses was on the mountain talking with the Lord, he asked the Lord, show me your glory. And it's in Exodus 33. Moses says, please show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And it goes on, I'll be gracious to whom I am gracious and I will show mercy to whom I'll show mercy and so on and so forth. But I was curious as to why Moses acquired of the Lord specifically, show me your glory. Did the Spirit just drop that in Moses to ask the Lord to show him his glory? Or what was he seeking? What was he looking for? We had pre-talked and it was about when he was already on the mountain for 40 days. In that whole span, did Moses not experience the Lord in that way? But he saw the finger of the Lord when he wrote the Ten Commandments. Yeah, the he did. Fire. He so did. he saw the hand of God, but his face doesn't say that. Yeah. So what else did the Lord show you as you were pondering this? I just love how you ask a question and the Holy Spirit begins to give you answers. It's true. So as I continue to read it again, Moses says, please show me your glory. And then the Lord says, I will make my goodness to pass before you and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord or Jehovah. And so I was thinking, so Lord, does that mean your glory or your goodness in essence is your glory? The goodness of the Lord, all the goodness of the Lord, is that the manifestation of your goodness? So these are just thoughts that kept, mm, oh. <laughs> mm, yes, okay. Yeah, so, yeah ponder, ponder. ponder. And, and the more you ponder, the more you get. Right. I believe this is part of the experience of renewing our minds. Because mm -hmm. the more we ponder these kind of things, the more we're seeking his face, the more we seek his face, the more we do this transformation from glory to glory. Because Moses had already been up the mountain, like we said, 40 days, came yeah. down, up again 40 days. And he didn't eat or drink either of those times while he was up in the mountain. He didn't need to because God was his complete sustenance. Was everything. Why do you need food or water? I mean, even manna. He didn't need manna. No. He just was eating from the hand of God, I'm sure. But he was having experience after experience to the point that when he came down, he had the glory on him. Mm -hmm. It was on his face. His face was glowing because of this experience with God. And I, I'm fascinated with the number of times that he went up and down in the mountain because uh, I kind of marked it in my Bible. By the time he goes up in chapter 34, he has been up the mountain seven times. Mm, seven. Wow. seven times. Seven Isn't that times. an interesting thing? Mm -hmm. Wow. Up and down and up and down and up and down. And he goes up the mountain to talk to God. And then after a while, you know, God comes down and talks to him at the tabernacle. That's right. So there's something about this experience of being with God. So why did he want to know his glory? Don't you think that has something to do with the fact that in his visits with God up to that time, Moses had gotten the revelation that God is way bigger than any of us can imagine. I also think it has to deal with the, the hunger. Like yeah. the more that you read about God, the more that you study the Bible, that you get to know Jesus and have that relationship, the hungrier you get after him, the more you want to experience him. There's that, like, there's more and I yeah. want to know it and, <laughs> and experience. And, and it starts with taste mm -hmm. and see that the Lord is good. 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 Okay. So there's the beginning 
of what you just were talking about. Mm -hmm. It's the goodness of the Lord. You start tasting his goodness. And that word in the Hebrew, Moses is asking, show me your glory, which is the word kavod. And God says, I will make all my goodness to pass before you. And that word goodness is tov. Tov really means good. It's one word, you know, good or well. In English, we have two words. In Hebrew, it's just one word. And it just means good. God is good. good. Behold, the Lord is good. Mm-hmm. He is good. Hodu la'adonai ki tov ki le'olam chasto. So hodu la'adonai ki tov. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Ki le'olam chasto. His mercy, his chesed, endures forever. So when, when you look at what happened up on the mountain when he went up, mm-hmm. he's asking God, show me your glory. Let's look at what happened before. At the end of his experience with the golden calf, Moses is interceding. Hmm. Yeah. He's like, don't blot them out, Lord. <laughs> yeah. And God says, I'm not going with you. I'm sending you. I'll send my angel with you, but I'm not going because this outfit is stiff-necked and they are not going to obey me. I know already they're not going to obey me. Mm. I'm not going. And so Moses intercedes in chapter 33 of Exodus. And Moses went into the tabernacle of the congregation. It was outside the camp. And Moses, everybody's at their tent doors looking at Moses. And the cloudy pillar comes down and stands at the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord talks with Moses. And the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle, and all the people rose up and worshipped, every man in his tent door. But that's as far as they would go. They didn't go Mm. out to that tabernacle. Mm. They were satisfied to be at a distance because this God is so scary. He is so big, and he is so scary. And the vast majority of people don't want to go there. They want to get saved. Mm Mm-hmm. They want to get saved from their sins. They don't want to go to hell. They want to ask Jesus to come into their hearts. But they don't really want that relationship. But there are people that are hungry for God. And I think that's why we all are here at this table talking together, because we have that hunger for God. We want the more. And so Moses is interceding. The Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And Moses said to the Lord, now look, you said, bring up this people, and you have not let me know who you're going to send with me, yet you said, I know you by name, and you have found grace in my sight. Now, listen, Lord, I'm I'm asking you, if I have found grace in your sight, show me your way, Yes, that I may know you, Mm. that I may find grace in your sight, and consider that this nation is your people. God's been saying to Moses, that, that's your people. <laughs> and, and Moses says, but, but they're your people? And he said, okay, my presence will go up with you and I will give you rest. And he said to the Lord, if thy presence go not with me, curious not up hence. And I've written in the margin, if you ain't going, I ain't going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because because Moses wasn't about to, to do this because God had said, you know, just get out of my way. I'm going to get rid of them and I'll start over with you. Mm-hmm. And, and Moses is interceding. That's right. Mm-hmm. Moses was an intercessor and he was concerned for God's reputation too. So verse 16 says, how shall we know that I and your people 
<laughs> have found grace in your sight. Is it not that you go with us? So we will be separated, I and your people, from all the people that are on the face of the earth. Separated is the same word. It means holy. Mm-hmm. We are your holy people. We're not acting like we're holy. We're not doing all the stuff that you said to do. All these people have completely gone down the wrong direction. But please, please see us as separated. Because you made this covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the Lord said to Moses, I will do this thing also that you've spoken. For you have found grace in my sight. And I know you by name. Mm-hmm. And that's where he says, I'm asking you. Show me your glory. So then he goes up the mountain. And, and at this point, you know, he had, Moses had broken the tablets. Mm-hmm. And so now God says, all right, you carve out some more tablets because you broke them. You carve them out. You do that work that I did for you before. But I'll still write on them with my finger. Could that also be like, um, this is kind of a little segue, but relating to the Garden of Eden, how God pretty much planted all the trees and put everything in order and how man, Adam, broke everything that God did. And now Adam is the one who has to toil the ground by the sweat of his brow. Yeah, the similar kind of thing. Absolutely. And so you see here that God promises that my glory will pass by. I'm going to put you put you in a cleft in the rock. I'm going to cover you with my hand while I pass by. And then I'll take away my hand and you can see my back. But you're not going to see my face. Because you, if you see my face, you're going to die. So he tells Moses to make these new tablets. And I'll write on them the same words that I wrote on the first tablets that you broke. <laughs> and be ready in the morning and come up in the morning into the mount, into Mount Sinai. Present yourself there to me at the top of the mountain and no man shall come up with you. Don't let anyone be seen throughout all the mount. Don't even let the flocks or the herds feed near the mount. So Moses cuts out two more tables of stone like the first, gets up early in the morning, goes up into Mount Sinai and the Lord descended in the cloud. Mm. And this is the part I love the most. <laughs> It says that he descended in the cloud and stood with him there. Now, I think lots of people know this, but maybe there's somebody listening that doesn't know. Anytime in the scriptures, different Bibles translate it differently, but most of the Bibles have the word Lord in capital letters. Instead of transliterating the name of God and spelling it out for us, they Mm -hmm. just put the word Lord there because it's his holy name. And he said in the Ten Commandments not to use his name in vain or don't use his name in an empty way. So in order to protect the name of God, there's been a fence made around it to keep us from using it at all. And I don't think that's the right thing that God had in mind. He mm. just means don't use my name to cuss with. Well, would you think of uh, if you're talking to an intimate friend, would you say, oh, Mr. Peter or Mrs. whatever? You know, it's like you're not going to be formal with best friends. You're not going to be formal with close acquaintance. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And it's like your dad's name. Right. Okay. Um, my, my dad's name is Ed Cooper, but I call him dad. Right. I don't ever call him Ed. Ever. Never. I might introduce him as Ed Cooper. This is my dad. His name is Ed Cooper. But I don't ever call him Ed Cooper. I don't call him Ed. I don't call him Mr. Cooper. Like I Mr. Just, Cooper. I, I, he's, he is who he is. He's my that's dad. Right. 
And I've often wondered if it also has to do with taking on the name of God, but not living in a way that like you took on the name Bus. Mm -hmm. But if you had continued to live as though you were a single woman and, you know, flirting with other people, then you would have taken that name in vain. Ooh, that's a very good thought. So the first thing that happens when God descends in the cloud and he stood there with him, he proclaimed, he, this word proclaim means roar. Mm. He roared the name of the Lord. So he roared his name, Yehovah! And he, he roared it twice. He proclaimed, Yehovah! Yehovah! And then he begins to describe himself to Moses. Mm. And he, the very first thing that he says about himself is merciful. Mm-hmm. And this word merciful isn't just merciful. This word merciful is tender mercies. And it comes from the same root word as the word womb, like the part of a woman that bears the babies. Mm-hmm. What It's womb mercies. Think of a, being a mother and the baby cries, you're going to run to the baby. The baby's hungry. You're going to go see to it. You hear this distressing cry, like there's something wrong. Mom runs and she just goes straight there. That's womb mercies. Mm-hmm. So our father in heaven has womb mercies. Remember that when he created Adam, he made him out of the dust of the ground and he made him in his own image. That's right. And it was later that he pulled something out of Adam and made a woman. Do you think maybe he pulled the womb out? Because if our father has womb mercies Mm -hmm. and he made Adam in his own image, maybe that's the part that he took out and created Eve out of that thing. So we see that our father has a mothering capacity that's just like any mother, only better. That's right. And I know that when I personally came to the conclusion that I was suffering from rejection from the womb, I won't go into the story of it, but... This was the scripture that began to give me healing. Mm. Yeah. When I discovered that my problem is, you know, the reason why I do some of the things that I do that I shouldn't be doing and, or attitudes that I have or fears that I have, mm-hmm. those things were because of rejection that I experienced in the womb. And I began to get healing as I meditated on God's rachamim. He is everything that we need. So Rachamim, he he has this womb mercies. And then it goes on to say he's gracious. Mm, And that word gracious means favor. He gives favor. He loves to give favor. It's like, here's the judge of all the earth. And when we go on trial, the judge is our father. And Jesus is our defense attorney, our older brother. So it is stacked in our favor. Mm -hmm. There's favor that comes to us. That's part of his nature. The next thing is long-suffering. And that word comes from a word that refers to your nostrils. So, you know, sometimes when you're, when you're, <clears throat> how, how much longer <laughs> am I going to wait? Like a parent, okay, this is the second time this child has done this. And the nostrils flare a little bit. I'm going to give him one more chance. <laughs> okay, so that's this long suffering, this idea of waiting a little bit longer till we're going to deal with it, but I'll give him another chance. That's his nature. That's our father's nature. And then it means slow to anger. And then the next thing is abundant in chesed. 
abundant yeah. in goodness. So mm-hmm. this goodness is different from that other good. Mm-hmm. This goodness is chesed. And it means the best English word that we have is a King James term that we don't really use anymore, but it's it's still understandable because it says what it is. Loving kindness. Mm. It's kindness that comes out of love. That's what chesed is. So he's abundant in this loving kindness and in truth. Mm. And then it goes on to, in verse 7, keeping mercy for thousands. And that word mercy is, again, the word chesed. Mm. So you've got double chesed. So he's saying about himself, I have womb mercies for you. I am in favor of you. I'm gracious to you. I am long-suffering, patient, slow to anger. I'm abundant in chesed. I'm abundant in truth. And I'm going to keep mercy Chesed again for thousands. And the next thing says, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. And it goes on to talk about how he deals with the guilty. But I don't think we need to go into that today. What I want to say is that there are seven things about God that he says about himself. Yeah. In this seventh time that Moses goes up the mountain. And it's all during the time where he's revealing his glory. Yes. So it's like as he's revealing his glory, he's revealing his glory, his goodness through these things he is declaring to Moses. Yeah. So we can assume that while he's saying all of these things, he's passing by Moses Mm -hmm. and keeping him covered. And then when he takes away his hand, he shows them his back. Do you think maybe he got to see the back of the Lord Jesus with the stripes Hmm. from the beating that he endured, the stripes by which we are healed. Is not this the goodness of the Lord? Is not this the glory of the Lord? Because in, in John chapter 13, Jesus foretells his betrayal, starting at verse 21. I'm not going to read it, but you can go there to find it. And he declares that someone's going to betray him. And then Peter asks who asks to John, who who is this that who is he who's he talking about? And Jesus answers, It's the one that I give a, a sop, I give the this this bread that I'm dipping in the the hummus or, or whatever it is that, that they were eating, maybe maybe uh, olive oil or something with, with hyssop in it. Mm-hmm. That would be also something he would dip in. And he, he gives it to Judas and after the sop Satan entered into him. And Jesus said, what you do, do quickly. And nobody knew what it was about. They thought maybe he's gone out shopping before it's too late. And, and uh, he goes out into the night. And then Jesus said, now is the Son of Man glorified. Mm-hmm. And God is glorified in him. Did Moses get a mm-hmm. chance to see forward? Because I didn't, didn't get a chance to talk about Jehovah. The name Jehovah means the one who was and who is and who is to come. That's right. We see that in Revelation uh, chapter 1 and verse 8. Jesus is appearing to John and he says, uh, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending. Thus says the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, mm-hmm. the Almighty. Jesus is one and the same mm-hmm. with Jehovah. They are one. Yeah. I don't understand it, but they are one, but they are three, but they are one, but they're three. <laughs> but he, it's he who was and who is and who is to come. Jesus is the one who was slain from the foundation yes. of the world. 
So Moses saw something that took place in the past that hadn't taken place yet in the future. Yehovah is the one who was and who is and who is to come. He is beyond time. Mm-hmm. And he can, in the glory, we can see things from the past and we can see things in the future and we can see things in the now. But when we in the now receive all that he has done for us in the past and all that he has said, he speaks those things that are not as though they were. Because mm-hmm. from his mm-hmm. point of view, they are already That's because right. he's the one who was and who is and who is to come. And that is that place of glory. And that is that place of goodness that we're looking at, that God has given us. And as, as we look into what he's about to do now, he is about to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Yes, mm-hmm. It's the global outpouring yes. that we're looking for. You got something? I guess you could say who was and is and is to come and is to come again. Absolutely. Because his kingdom is coming. It's on the way. It is on the way. It draws nigh. (laughs) (laughs) And it's close at hand. How far away is your hand? Reach reach your hand out as far as you can reach, and it's still pretty close. That's pretty close. Mm -hmm. And every day that we live, we are one day closer Mm -hmm. than we were yesterday. That's right. To his coming. Mm. Hallelujah. Amen. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread the good news of God's global outpouring. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, connect with us, get a link to our Facebook page and our YouTube channel. You can browse our online bookstore for amazing anointed material. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with his overwhelming, loving presence.